gorgeous listeners, welcome back. It is a pleasure to be with you here again. Alan, how is it going? Baruch Hashem. Amazing, amazing. I am so thrilled to be here with you all. Um, and for today's episode, uh, we're going to continue again on a thread that we picked up in our episode last time. We let it slip that we have these sort of secret alter ego identities <laughs> that Alan and I in a past Maybe you life. you do. <laughs> everybody should. Um, that in a past life, we were a, what we referred to as a Bible gum pop duo called Stereo Sinai. We did pop music and biblical Hebrew, and it's amazing. Um, and, and Aramaic. Uh, and, and Aramaic and some English stuff, because you got to have some English stuff in there. And, um, but uh, we wanted to pick up on that and use it as an opportunity to talk about, first of all, our music that we use in the intro, outro, and cutting in between the different segments. Um, and, uh, yeah, Alan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, about what we're going to be discussing on this week's episode. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, right. So, uh, as Miriam alluded to, there are, uh, snippets of audio in between our segments and at the intro and the outro of the song, those, uh, those audio snippets come from a remixed version I did of a song we did called Secret. Uh, as Stereo Sinai, we did it as uh, mm-hmm. Stereo Sinai. Um, this is a song that incorporates lyrics from Kapitel Tzadik Aleph, chapter uh, ninety, chap- chapters ninety actually, and ninety one of Tehillim of, of Psalms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm getting better at that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, it's called Secret because. It's a lyric, uh, it's a translation of one of the lyrics, but also it is um, the, uh, it's often thought of as the anti-demonic psalm. Mm. Again, finger quotes for those of you who can't see me. Right. Um, yeah. So we pulled that music not just because uh, we own the rights to it, um, but also mm. um, because it does have this quality of, of being of being defensive against Shadim. So um, so let's dig into that, into <coughs> the, the lyrics there, into those pieces from the psalm that we pulled um, and, uh, and, and and figure out what's going on there. Right. So um, I just want to the reason for the finger quotes is that I want to make it clear that, you know, as we've mentioned many, many times, learning Torah reciting to Hillim in general is anti-demonic. It's anti-shading, right? So um, it goes without all saying of this at this point, darling, of course. Anti-demonic. Of That's why course, of course. All right. So but we're looking specifically at Psalm 90 and 91. Well, right. Well, really, it's 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 Kapitel Tzadik Aleph. It's 91. Mm-hmm. But it in in almost every liturgical formulation that you see it, it starts at the end of 90. Okay. In other words, the last part of 90 gets sort of incorporated into the beginning of, of 91. Okay. So let's dive in. Um, okay. Um, so uh, the reason for that is that the end of 90 is... Are you laughing at? <laughs> we'll um, get there eventually. We will actually get to the text and talking about shading. Okay. The reason for that is yes. Well, that's what I'm about to say. Okay. Um, the, the end of 90 is... Vihinayam Hashem Elokeinu Aleinu. Mm-hmm. Um, which means uh, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and may our handiwork be established by Hashem. Mm. And again, may our handiwork be established by, by Hashem. He establishes our handiwork, rather. Love it. Um, 
And this is a this is a formulation that we find, uh, interestingly, before a lot of things things that, ne- that don't necessarily have to do with what you think of as handiwork, right? You think of huh. handiwork, you think of you know masa yadenu, you think of like things that we do with our hands, literally. Right. But it often comes before things we learn or say, um, which. Hmm. So, so uh, what this is, what this is implying, especially when it precedes um, Psalm ninety-one, is that our words have actual ramifications, like in physical, right. in the physical world. Right. Um, Communication, as I like to say, is an act of creation. Right. Like mm. you know, the entire world is created. The entire universe is created by by words and speaking and there's so this is sort of acknowledging that real life creative effect correct got it love it okay that said what we find even going as far back i mean there's there is actual evidence of this being used of psalm 91 being used uh as uh quote-unquote anti-demonic going back all the way to the second temple period Mm -hmm. and probably before then okay well it's interesting about the origins of these two psalms in particular is that traditionally the book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, is thought of as being composed by David Amelech. Right. Um, by King David. Mm-hmm. Right. Psalm 90 begins Tefillah um, oh, a prayer uh-huh. of Moshe. Right. And, uh, Whereas a lot of psalms open up with like Mizmor le David or, you know, or something. Le David Mizmor. Or le David Mizmor, <laughs> right. like a, you know, a, a, a song, a psalm of David. Right. And some of them, um, Livne Karach, like mm, you have other, other people. All kinds of interesting, um, interesting things to explore there. But this one refers to, to Moses. Right. And it's believed that it was composed, both of these actually were composed by Moshe Rabbeinu, mm. by Moses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and the Medrash brings that the psalms were composed by Moshe, these specifically at the completion of the tabernacle of the Mishkan. Okay. Um, so that's going to come into play in a, in a minute when we go through, start going through the text of Psalm 91. Okay. So composed at the end of the, of the building of the sort of portable home for God that the Israelites were dragging through the desert. Sure. Got it. <laughs> home for God, whatever. It's yeah, yeah. A, it's a, a place, place to hang out. Worship and yeah. yeah. Hang out, worship, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, if tomato, you're hanging out when you're worshiping. Tomato, tomato. Okay. Okay. Great. So, so I really like that the um, the anti-demonic psalm that we're exploring begins with our words should have creative effect and force in the world. Like the stuff that I'm saying should actually matter and have its intended effect. Correct, but matter in a physical way. Right. Matter in, in an actual way, measurable almost. Yes. Way. Okay. Okay, great. Why don't we take a quick break and then we'll dive into the actual thing at Psalm 91. All right. Let's do it. Okay, team. So we're ready to explore Psalm 91, the aforementioned anti-demonic psalm that's going to protect us from all these crummy shading running around right. trying to trying to ruin our stride. Right. Well, I should specify that anti-demonic. We keep saying the anti-demonic psalm in rabbinic literature. We find in in the, in the Gemara, for example, um, it's the, it's referred to as Shir Shel Pegaim or Nagaim, which is like the the song of the afflicted. Um, which, oh. which is like, f- it's, it's, it's intended oh. for those inflicted by shading, afflicted rather by shading, by shading. Huh. Um, so this is a survivor song. 
It's like a no, no it's uh, it, well, maybe. But what we find actually is that it's um, it, it, it's its use historically is to uh, if somebody is affect, afflicted by shadim, mm-hmm. one has this particular capital to him, this particular chapter in Psalms. Right. Said on their behalf on their behalf over that person or for that person's uh healing got it okay uh, so let's so let's get into some of the actual text and then we'll we'll look at it in that context okay so it starts which means um whoever sits in the secret upper realms Mm. um that's what hence the word secret the title of the song yeah got that thank you awesome um uh so, Bitzel Shakai Yislainan, which is, uh, he shall dwell in the shadow of Hashem. Mm. Bitzel, Bitzel, right? Which is so, such like delicious imagery anyway, and also kind of a weird thing to think about that God has a shadow. Um, okay, but remember when this is being composed, right? Just after the creation of the Mishkan. Right. Which, so um, there's a lot of discussion about what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, you're not, the, the, the Mishkan, the Beis Amikdash, these places are not dwelling places for God because God dwells everywhere mm-hmm. and in everything. And um, so, you know, when we're talking about the cell of Hashem, the the shadow of mm-hmm. Hashem, the shade of Hashem, whatever. S H A D E, not shade like. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, yep. That's like that other Shin podcast. Dalad, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, that that this is a clarification almost that God dwells everywhere. Mm-hmm. The place where we're standing right now, presumably the Mishkan, as Moshe Rabbeinu is saying in this ta- in this psalm. Mm-hmm. Um, may in fact represent something that is a part of God, but right. we can't say that God lives in this place only. Right. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, the cell the, piece is also in B'Tselem Melokim, right? Which is also mm-hmm. in like this, this phrase that gets used referring to that humanity was created in the image of God. Um, and right. Tzel is in Tzalem. And, um, but, but nobody's going around claiming that they themselves, you know, well, never mind. Most people aren't going around claiming that they themselves are God, um, but there's there's <laughs> some kind of there's some kind of relationship, reflection, connection that you can parse out there. Right, right, and 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 just a further further clarification: the Beis Hamikdash itself is referred to as the the um, the place of the dwelling of God's name, where this is right. where God's name is. Right, so the temple in Jerusalem is mentioned in um, Kippur, the Kungodal. So yeah, like, but uh, it's 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 yeah, great. Okay, Okay, so sitting up in the high heavens, secret place, in the shadow of God. Right, and and in the secret places, this is also a reference, uh, according to some interpretations. Uh, to the Shadim and the realm of the Shadim and, and the, oh, sort of cool. the secret things, mm-hmm. right? Sure. It's an introduction to it. I, I should mention that I'm not going to get to go through the whole thing this particular episode. Maybe we'll go more in depth uh, in other episodes, but um, it's a long, <laughs> what do you want? It's a long, uh, it's so a long let's, capital. So let's, let's go on to the next, yes. Uh, um, but uh, I will just mention briefly that part of the reason it's considered 
a uh, related to the shadim is because there are names of shadim mentioned in the chat in the this introduce chapter us let's go well okay i'm gonna get there <laughs> I, I, all right fine i'll just say i'll just say i'll mention a couple of them so um a lot of it is about hashem being a protection mm-hmm. right uh, Hashem is called Tzina V'Seichera. Hashem is called a, a shield and a, another different word for shield. And um, <laughs> and also a shield. Right. That um, came up last episode too. More Captain America references. Look at that. Right, right. Because this is, you know, uh, th- th- in this particular, in the next part of this, uh, of the psalm, it says, Oymar la Hashem machsiu metudasi. Hashem is my fortress, right? Mm-hmm. Another term for my protection, my fortress. Elaikai evtachboi. I will trust in my God. Okay. And um, uh, so if I am doing the things that show my trust in Hashem, mm-hmm. that will in and of itself act as a protection for me. Right. Right. And all those who chose to oppose that shield must yield. <laughs> I got it in there. You did. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, and then it says, <laughs> uh, um, Because he will, he will protect you from... The ensnaring trap. That's the translation I have in front of me here. Midever mm-hmm. um, havois, though. Midever, if you f- remember from a previous episode, Dever yeah. is the name of a shade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, a, and a plague. And a plague. Well, a pestilence. If that's right. A, and one of, the pla- one of the ten plagues, right. Okay, so Dever, though, here is, is interpreted as the name of a shade, like a particular... Often, Yes. Um, again, more imagery of protection beneath Hashem's wings. He will he will protect. Mm-hmm. He will protect, right? And then here's Tzina V'Sachera Amitai. His it is his um, his armor and his shield is truth. Mm. Um, mm. Right. So um, I like that. I miss truth. You miss truth. <laughs> Feels like it's in short supply sometimes. <laughs> okay, and then it gets starts getting interesting as well because it says loy sira mi laila. We we do not uh, fear um, the frightening things of the night, mm. right? Um, and uh, what's interesting about that is often when this psalm is recited liturgically, mm-hmm. traditionally, uh, we find it. We say it. Um, almost all nuschais of the Siddur have it uh, at night when we lie down to say Shema before going to bed. Okay, so you just, but you really quickly, you use the word nusach. Oh, yeah. Um, which is what? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how to define different, it. Different uh, traditions of how to, uh, different liturgical traditions in the, in the prayer. Great. Um, yeah. So not every, format, if you open up different... Different sidurim, different prayer books from different, not just the different streams of Judaism, Reform, Conservative, Orthodox, whatever, um, but also from, you know, different sort the, of streams within. Uh, different, I would say different, different sects rather than denominations. Sects. That's a better, yes. So you have Ashkenazi, you have Hasidic, mm-hmm. different kinds of Hasidic ones. Right. All of them and have each this, of them have, they, the, they rearrange certain words or might, you know, do things in different orders or right. omit things or add things or whatever. So Sephardi, each of Mizrahi. those is considered its own yeah. nusach. It's, right. Yeah. Liturgical traditions. Yeah. Great. Okay. Right. And um, so we're talking about the, the frightening things of the night mm-hmm. at night mm-hmm. and how we're not going to be afraid of them 
because we have Hashem on our side. Right. Right? So in other words, we are talking about Hashem and we're talking about how much we trust in Hashem and how much Hashem is a protection for us Mm -hmm. against what exactly. And Mm -hmm. here we are naming shading. We will find actually... Mm -hmm. Um, in the next part here, we see Mechetzia Uf Yoimam, where uh, this, uh, um, uh, the, nor the arrow that flies by day. Um, so it also is mentioned during the day. And I just want to mention, not only is it part of the liturgy at night, every night before retiring and saying Shema, mm-hmm. um, it is also mentioned during the day on Shabbat, on Shabbos, in the, in the uh, Siddur, mm-hmm. in, in the liturgy. So it's during the day. But then again, after Shabbat, and uh, Moitzi Shabbos, um, when Shadim are also bowling right. around, we know from a previous episode that Shabbos, Friday right. night... It's uh, a big party night for Shadim. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Uh then it says midever again, but oifel yahaleich, and then so midever again. Then it says miketev yashud saharaim. Now ketev, uh, so again here's here's uh, dever at night, and then ketev in saharaim, which is like the afternoon. So ketev is the name of another. Ketev shade? is the name of actually two other shading. Whoa. Um, there's ketev meriri and and ketev yashud saharaim is actually the name of a shade. Really? So yeah. So we're naming Shadim. Now, what are the if you if you're interested in the in the literal translation again because I have it here, um, the pestilence that walks in the gloom. That's that's me dever yahaleich, and then mm-hmm. nor the destroyer who lays waste at noon. So ketev is is translated at least according to this sitter. This is the art scroll Ashkenazi sitter mm-hmm. um, as destroyer, mm. right? I um, wonder what the parents were thinking sometimes, you know, like, wow. Okay. So, okay. So we're going through and naming these really hard hitting, uh, shading that are causing all kinds of trouble. Right. And I, I'll, I'll stop after this next part, but I think it's relevant. It says, this refers to, um, it, it's mentioned again in a Gemara that we already referred to in a previous episode, but even though a thousand may fall, to your side, that's your left side, mm-hmm. Uravava, and tens of thousands to your right side. Mm. And this is a Gemara we, we know from Brachas. Right, right. That if we could see these Shadim, right. says in that Gemara, then we would be totally paralyzed from fear, wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. And um, it's these, it's like these Shadim. These it's are, it comes, and Ketev and these pestilent destroyers. Well, it, those, are the, those are the big ones mentioned by name, but yeah, right. but there's thousands and thousands of them hmm. constantly surrounding us. Right. And yet the whole point of this capital uh, to him, this whole point of this chapter is a lecha lo yigash, right? Mm-hmm. They can't touch us because yeah. we have Hashem. Yeah. Um, as long as we, we acknowledge that they have no power over us. And uh, I'll just mention one <laughs> last thing. What? Sorry. It ra- like it, labyrinth at the end, you know, the movie Labyrinth with it's David been Bowie. A while. <laughs> Sorry. So the 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 climactic scene, and I hope uh, uh, spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, that's nuts. You should go see it. It's so amazing. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the climactic scene of Labyrinth is um, this young woman who's had to go through all of these different. Uh, 
uh, challenges going through this labyrinth to try and rescue her baby brother. And um, she she comes to Jareth, David Bowie's character, who is like this super sexy bad guy and looks at him and says, you have no power over me. And then like the whole labyrinth oh. falls apart. And that's what just that's that's what brings her back to her home and her bed and her baby brother back to her family. And um, it's like a really empowering moment to just say like, no, no, man, <laughs> like yeah. you have no power over me. Lahavdil, not to Lahavdil. compare the Psalms written by Moisha Rabenu, by <laughs> Moses, our teacher, to a uh, Jim Henson movie, but still, there's a grain of truth. Maybe there's something there. I think. Um, yeah, I just be- one last thing because I know we're already running really long. Um, I want to mention that yes, it's tr- true that historically we see this this tilim, this capital tilim getting used um, to exercise quote-unquote people the demon demons from these from people mm-hmm. um uh, by the way also from non-jewish sources we see it occasionally mm-hmm. um uh but um it is not necessarily and, and and traditionally like i've mentioned we see it in the liturgy like used around times we know shadim are around but it is definitely not recommended to use in the exorcism manner okay. the, the Gemara and Shavuos ex- noted um, right <laughs> uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi excuse me Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says that uh, it's forbidden to use any verses from the whole Tanakh in that manner um, hmm. and yet he himself is, says it at night before he goes to bed to, to uh, before saying Shabbat night. Oh, man, um, hypocrites, I gotta tell you. Well, it's not, it's he's not a hypocrite. He says, this is the word we looked up, um, <laughs> he says, uh, it, 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 using it for these magical, quote-unquote magical kind of purposes, he doesn't, he does, he's more of a rationalist. He mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't buy the thing. But for me, it's okay. For me, no, it's no, for, Yeah, he's not using it for <laughs> magical purposes. It's of part of the. Not. It's part of the liturgy. All right, we'll come back to this. There's more to talk about here. Super cool. Thank you, Alan. Okay, so there is one listener question that we have actually gotten twice, and so now we feel obligated to answer it. What do you say, Alan? I guess so. Here we go. So both at Josh Fand, who tweets at <laughs> Josh Fand, who tweets as AT Josh Fand, um, and Zombiel, fabulous names, everybody, mm. um, sent us the the following question. One. I'm going to read Zombiel's version. Um, so who tweets us at Alonzi Ariel, which is also beautiful. Okay. So would Shade the Shade, who everybody loves, this <laughs> this <laughs> demon who hovers over books left open, and their name happens to be Shade, um, would Shade the Shade guard ebooks too? Like if I left my Kindle open and didn't let it go to sleep, would Shade just come and chill above it? I'm super curious about this now. All right, Alan, what do you say? Um, those are that that is a great question. All our listener questions are excellent because our listeners yeah. are brilliant and beautiful and excellent people. Indeed. Um, so I think I think I might invite some uh, argument on this one. Okay. But I think the answer. So first of all, uh, in a way, in a way, you could argue that you stumped me because, to my knowledge, there are no commentaries about this of mm-hmm. any kind. Um, but I will take an educated guess. Which is Bring it. 
that it, my, my educated guess revolves around the definition of a book and a page mm. specifically. So uh, as we mentioned in the episode when we talked about Shade the Shade, uh, his name is an acronym or its name is an acronym for Shimer Dapim, mm-hmm. which means guardian of the uh, leaves, right? The mm-hmm. leaves of a book, mm-hmm. the, the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. paging of a page. Right? Yeah. And so my definition for that would seem would be that it would have to be a physical book with pages for mm-hmm. Shade the Shade to have any uh, reason to be there. Yeah. Um, and I I just don't think that a, a Kindle, I mean, you, then you're inviting all kinds of stuff about what about, you know, just a computer screen, uh, you know, that happens to have a, a book page or an article from a magazine open at, mm-hmm. on the screen. Right. Or um, when you leave a million tabs open. <laughs> that's a different I, I yeah you i don't know um my, no one does that i'm, I, I'm <laughs> guessing the shade the shade only cares about physical books hmm. that's my uh because of the what is acro- the acronym of his name actually stands for right it's interesting i mean i suppose you could have sort of an intellectual argument about like what is a daf is it intended to be that which is dapim which is um, a leaf or page or whatever is it that physical page or is it the information on it right there, there's something mm. about like is the interest of this shade the shade um, in that that physical leaf of the book or is the you know is this just a you know demon Coursera like he's just hanging out and just <laughs> hungry to learn and like is interested in the information contained on it because then I think you could make the argument that leaving your ebook open and not on sleep mode might um, attract this good fellow. I have a a, a a fun thought experiment on that note, actually. Okay. Imagine a empty notebook mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. and unattended. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. You would think that if the shade cared about the information on the page, that shade the shade wouldn't care about what's in that notebook, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the things we know about shading is mm-hmm. that Time, uh, I don't know if this, yeah, that time isn't really uh, uh, um, so, uh, they're not so bound by time. Yeah. And so they may be interested in the information that that is not yet on in that notebook, but will eventually be in that notebook. What? Could still be, why not? Could still be uh, hovering over an empty notebook, not because of the information that's not there, but because of the information that will be there. Think about that. Yeah, I am. I'm a little I'm a little blown away. I'm not sure quite what to do with that. Fascinating. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, hey, shade throwers, take it up on Twitter. Talk about it. Let us know which which side you fall on. Which side of the daf are you <laughs> a? <laughs> are you a? Uh, are you pro shade the shade over ebooks or are you anti and why? Um, but regardless, um, thank you to. Both of our listeners who sent in this question, keep them coming, guys. We love these. And uh, tweet us at Throwing Shade and we'll take it up next time. All right, Shade Throwers, that brings us to the end and then some of our time. (laughs) Um, But always a pleasure. Let's give you a quick action item before we close out. So we um, we learned learned today about Psalm 91 and this idea, again, that there are all of these shading all around us. 
and ultimately we are um, you know, going to do the right thing and do mitzvahs and, and have faith and like move forward regardless. And um, I think there's, there's a really cool message in there of just, of just saying to, um, you know, there's, there's always going to be things out there that are, that are challenging and just like make you crazy or make you sick or whatever it is. And sometimes you got to weigh this carefully. You got to think about what it is. It's not always the right way to go, but sometimes the thing that you just got to say is you have no power over me. Um, what, so in the, in the coming weeks, I would say, you know, what are some of the things that you're just going to say, this is, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let you take me down. You have no power over me, shading or whatever crazy things been making me nuts lately <laughs> and move forward. Something anyway. bothering you, Miriam? <laughs> <laughs> no, what could possibly be bothering me? <laughs> anyway, always a pleasure. Y'all are the best. You're gorgeous. You, you, you matter. <laughs> Go out and, uh, and have a great week. Um, we will see you next time on Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. See you later.